But good evening. <laughs> I thought it was good. Anyway, welcome. <laughs> I knew you were going to do that. I've had welcome to Nostalgia Crew. And if you can't figure out by the time we're recording this in that terrible intro I did, <laughs> it is Halloween season. And that's going to be our main focus here this month on Nostalgia Crew. Of course, you should know us by now. I'm Bill. This is Danielle. Hello. And this month on Nostalgia Crew, we are going to talk about a Halloween special that, for some reason, does not get does not air on television anymore, which is a shame. Mm -hmm. um, but it was something that Danielle and I both watched when we were growing up, and maybe you know you could pass this on to your kids for another generation and another generation. Um, but we're going to talk about it today, and um, we're going to talk about our Halloweens growing up. Have they changed? Are they the same? You know, what, <laughs> what, what's the difference from Halloween as a kid to Halloween as an adult? Yep. You might be surprised at some of the similarities and maybe some of the differences. Candy. Well... That's an obvious one. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we do have to start, uh, unfortunately, with a bit of sad news that came out today uh, for all you movie fans. Uh, Maureen O'Hara yeah. passed away today. She was 95 years old. Um, and at first, because I'll be honest, at first I was like, huh, I didn't know she was still alive. And, and I wasn't trying to be, um, you know, mean-spirited or trying to be funny. I just didn't know she was still alive. Mm -hmm. um, but she lived to be 95, which is a very good age. Yeah. Um, the movies that she did, um, she is survived by her daughter, uh, Brown Fitzsimmons, or... or or, I'm sorry, I may have... Browen? Browen, I guess. Yeah. Fitzsimmons, uh, her grandson, Connor, and two great-grandchildren. Wow. So, um, she, she lived a very good life. Um, and she's been in a lot of movies, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring them up. Some, obviously, a lot of people are gonna know just right off the bat. And I mean too. yeah, and and there are others that you know some might be surprised that huh she was in that movie. Um, I mean, there we go. There's the poster for that weird movie, Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. What? Yeah, that 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 is a real movie that's coming out. Oh, I saw the trailer for it. It actually doesn't look that bad. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, her first movie that she did was 1938 in the movie called The Playboy. Now, the, now her first two movies, I'm looking at this on IMDb, um, she is credited as... Maureen Fitzsimmons. Uh-huh. It is... Th so, the first two movies she's credited as Maureen, Maureen Fitzsimmons. 
Then the first movie where she's credited as um, as a Maureen O'Hara is Jamaica Inn. And, and then she gets into these, you know, move, big movies. Um, the Hunchback of Notre Dame, which was 1939. How Green Was My Valley, 1941. I don't know she's in that. Yeah, and... To those who do not know, and this may surprise a lot of people, I know it did years ago, that movie beat Citizen Kane for Best Picture at the mm -hmm. Oscars. The, yeah. Citizen Kane, considered the greatest movie ever made, <laughs> got beat out by How Green Was My Valley. I've never seen How Green Was My Valley, I've just heard of it. No, I've never seen it either. Yeah. <laughs> um, of course, probably the most Famous movie she was in, uh, 1947's Miracle on 34th Street. Woo! The original, I, I might want to add. Mm -hmm. um, let's see, what other movies? Uh, Rio Grande, she was in the 1950, or, or, that was made in 1950. The Quiet Man, Lady Godiva of Coventry, she was in, um, and she also did TV movies, too. Um... She was also in the original Parent Trap, which she was, was yep, 1961. That's the other movie I know her from. That's it. After that, um, <laughs> she was also in Mick where she was Mrs. Mick Lintock. For oh, and the last real movie she did was 1991's Only the Lonely. Yeah, that I actually now, now I remember. That I do remember. Um, the last TV movie she was in was The Last Dance in 2000. Huh. Other TV movies or series that she was in include Cab to Canada. That sounds like a lovely film. The Christmas Box. Oh, off, yeah, I've heard of that. Off to See the Wizard. Where she was Mother Goose. What? The Gary Moore Show. I think I, she... Yeah. Um, A Cry of Angels. Theater 62. And uh, also the DuPont Show of the Month. Where she was in the Scarlet Pimpernel. And Mrs. Minivere. I've heard of that, yeah. So she, she's been... Very, very active, or she was very active mm -hmm. throughout her career. Um, do also want to mention uh, she was up for uh, a bunch of awards. She was uh, she got a star on the Walk of Fame in 1960. She won the Living Treasure Award at the Seattle Film Critics Awards was nominated twice for a Golden Laurel for Top Female Comedy Performance and Top Female Star. She won She won the Lifetime Achievement Award at the Irish Film and Television Awards. How could she not? She was from Ireland. Of course. She won the Golden Boot in 1991. Uh, she got an honorary award for her career at the Sin Euphoria Awards in 2011. Uh got an award from the British Film Institute in 1993, placed third in 1953 for Best Actress. Um, 
at the Bambi Awards. Mm-hmm. Apparently, they kill all the mothers. And I all. And earlier this year, she won an honorary Academy Award. So very accomplished. Very accomplished. Very successful. Um, no doubt, the acting world will miss her mm-hmm. greatly. And what's interesting is yesterday. Um, I was channel surfing, and The Hunchback of Notre Dame was on, that version that she's in, where she's um, Esmeralda. Um, Now, now usually, um, you know, we'd go back and forth on topics, but that was sort of, I I guess, breaking news, maybe? Yeah, yeah. Because... That wasn't going to be the original starting topic. Mm-hmm. Hi, Dad. My dad just came home. So. Oh, yay, hi. Yay, Dad. <laughs> um, so anyway, um, earlier this month, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, or as a lot of people like to call it, the Rock and Roll Hall of Shame, <laughs> have come out with their finalists, for the class of 2016. And for those who don't know what the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, why they're called the Hall of Shame, um, as Danielle is typing away, which is okay, uh, um, basically a lot of good bands and a lot of good artists get looked over for a long period of time. And this year, uh, the finalists, which actually was discussed in our Facebook group, Mm -hmm. um, this could be an easy year for some acts more than others because of who is in, you know, this, in, in this last group of nominees. Uh Now the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, what they do, and I'm going to send you the link, Danielle. Okay. Um. And they started this, I want to say, two or three years ago. They now give the fans the power, the power, to vote Mm -hmm. for the the five acts that they would put in for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Okay. And you can vote as often as you want. Right. And... What this is, it's basically the fans' votes. And this will compromise a ballot from the fans that will be tallied along with the other ballots from the people that do vote, the the critics, the writers, all that. They will announce the class of 2016 at some point in December. So So probably when we do our Christmas show... Mm-hmm. We will know by then who or what the class of 2016 is. Well, some of these are actually pretty reasonable choices, I think. Not, not the one person at work, but um, I'm let, let's run through this list. Okay. And this is I, in this is in alphabetical order. So, right. Uh, the Cars, Chic, Chicago, Cheap Trick. Deep Purple, mm-hmm. Janet Jackson, 
The JBs, Shaka Khan, Los Lobos, Steve Miller, Nine Inch Nails, NWA, The Smiths, The Spinners, and Yes. Okay, right off the bat, and I'm only saying this because of the success of the movie, NWA's going in this year. Oh, yeah, no question. If they don't get in this year after the success that that movie's had, then there's something wrong. That's my first thing. Second thing, this better be the freaking year that Deep Purple finally gets in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. This better be the year, because if this isn't, they're not going to get as good of an opportunity as they are right now, in my opinion. Because there's really nobody on here that, you know, with, with maybe the exception of Janet Jackson. Yeah. That's going to take votes away from them. So I think this is going to be their year. I th I'm also going to give a vote to Cheap Trick. Mm -hmm. I I love Cheap Trick. I think they're an underrated band. Excuse me. Um, so they're going to get my vote. Um, right. the next vote I got to give it to Yes. Um, they're they're sort of in that position, sort of like Rush was for a long time, where hey, you know what? They've got the albums and the songs, but they're just not doing it. The last one that I'm going to... The last vote I'm going to use on this show anyway. Right. I'm... I'm going to go... Well, and, and we can vote as many times as we want, so this won't kill me. Right. Um, I'm going to go Steve Miller and the Steve Miller Band. Yeah. They, they had a lot of catchy songs. They certainly did. So, my ballot is Cheap Trick, Deep Purple, Steve Miller, NWA, and Yes. Okay. See, with me, it's really difficult because a lot of these are people I have on my iPod. Hmm. Like, I love the cars. Yeah. Cars, um, Chic, I love Chic. Um, Chicago, oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, I know. They put out, like, more oh, songs. The, their horn section is legendary. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Cheap Trick. I love Cheap Trick. Um, uh, Jan Jack. See, there's a lot of people on here that I really could narrow it down to five people. Exactly. It's really difficult. And a lot of times in the past, I've looked at them and gone... Really, has there been enough time passed that this person can get in? Here? Well, the rule is, it, to be eligible, it must be 25 years after your debut album. That's when you are eligible. I believe, I could have sworn it was a longer period if you were, like, the period varied as to whether you were a solo act versus a um, group. Right. Because um, I recall, um, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, 
the miracles got in before Smokey Robinson himself, like, were eligible before mm-hmm. Smokey Robinson was eligible on his own because they had been recording as a group longer than he had been a solo artist. I'm not really sure of the um, very. I just recall that um, I think. And I have the top five as of right now. Fans votes as soon as you're done. I, I... Okay, no, go ahead. No, no, no. I no. I wanted you to finish and then. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I like yeah, like with the Beatles. I'm pretty sure I know the Beatles got in before Paul Courtney did. Uh, I, yeah. Yeah, that. I'm. I remember. So I think it varies. Versus a solo artist versus. Or maybe it was the fact that um, their solo career happened after the group career happened, so there was a longer period of time. I think that's probably why I'm getting confused. Right. All right, okay. All right, so I just submitted my vote. Mm -hmm. And I have actually in front of me right now the results, like if they were to end today. Right. This is your top five. Chicago is number one. With almost 23.5% of the votes. Mm-hmm. The Cars are second. They're at rough, they're a little bit over 16%. Yes is third. Again, a little bit roughly over 16%. Steve Miller is fourth. He's at almost 16%. And Deep Purple is fifth at almost 16%. And then, this is where it gets funny. The separation between 5th, which is Deep Purple, Mm -hmm. and 6th. Would you venture to guess who 6th is right now? From the fans. 6th. Okay. Nine Inch Nails? Good guess, but no. No. Would you you venture to take another guess? Nah. Okay. Janet Jackson. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. And let me tell you how close those two are. Technically, the percentage for Deep Purple mm-hmm. is 15.93%. Oh. Okay? Okay. Janet Jackson is 5.90. Wow. Deep Purple is a full 10% ahead of the next Crazy. And that's probably Janet Jackson calling us and saying, why didn't you vote for us? Nope, that's my mother who maybe Janet Jackson told her to call. Anyway, the bottom five, the JBs at 0.58%, NWA 0.40%, which surprises me. Right. Nine Inch Nails 0.32 percent, mm-hmm. the Smiths 0.28 percent, and the band at the bottom, Los Lobos, 0.23 percent. This kind of makes sense because um, Los Lobos, I can only name one song. Exactly. I can't. Same with the Smiths. I can only name one song by the Smiths. There probably are several, and I apologize to any hardcore Smiths fans out there. Um, (laughs) And um, the JBs, uh, I've heard of them, and I know 
I, there is a song by them that I would probably know, and I would kick myself. I've but, never um, heard of the JBs, to be honest. Yeah, if you're familiar, those who are familiar with like '70s R&B, and they would have heard of them. But Chic, they also probably would have heard of. But Chic were a little more mainstream, so odds are more people have heard of Chic. Right. Heard of the J, you know, because Chic's music has also been used in commercials and movies quite a lot. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so I think that. And not only that, but Niles yeah. Rogers, one of the uh, leaders of Chic, is a, a record very um, well-known music producer. Yeah. produced a lot of artists. He produced Madonna and quite a few. So, yeah, definitely that alone. But no, I'm Los Lobos, La Bamba. That's that's, it. that's the one. That's, that's it. All I know. So, to any of you hardcore Los Lobos fans out there, the point, yeah. the point two three percent of you. Hey. We apologize, but Just feel free to uh, any Los Lobos fans in the Nostalgia Crew group, feel free to enlighten us. Yeah, all three of you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know what? I I am fine looking at this from the fans' point of view. I'm fine with the top five. Yeah. I have no complaints. No, no. <laughs> Los Lobos. I I know. So, anywho, uh, what do you have here, Danielle, that you'd like to talk about? Well, um, the stuff that I'd like to discuss isn't really um, Halloween-related. Well, I mean, it doesn't have to be. Okay. Um, first of all, in the grand tradition of things that are being um, remade, as, you know, nostalgia seems to be catching on, which... Most of which I don't have a problem with, but the recent announcement um, of something that is being brought back that I was just stunned, um, a co-worker of mine actually told me, and um, what they had said is that there is, um, <clears throat> trying to open this article here, uh, yes, that H.R. Puffin stuff. Mm, okay. Is coming back to television. I, I I have heard that. Go ahead. In a new, not just in reruns, in because um, I don't know if those of you are familiar with Sid and Marty Croft, who uh, did a lot of uh, children's programming, uh, live action Saturday morning children's programming in the 70s. Right. But when I was growing up in the 90s, like late 90s, they used to have a block on the Family Channel, which aired reruns of all the Sid and Marty Croft shows from the 70s, that I wouldn't be, I would, you know, wouldn't be stunned by that they would do that again. But no, um, Nick Jr. has decided to um, create a show called Muffin Stuff, or no, Muffin Stuff is already on. Mm-hmm. And um, in fact, it just started, I, I had never heard of it. Um, and I thought that they were developing it, but apparently, according to Wikipedia here, it's been on air since July. Uh, but uh, they bought back. Um, it's a spinoff of H.R. Puffin Stuff. Um, the dog on there is H.R. Puffin Stuff's nephew. Huh. And I, I, I just... And I don't know those who are familiar with H.R. Puffin Stuff, but... Um, the main claim to fame of it is that 
they're obviously high. Yeah. And the fact that the characters name Puff and stuff really doesn't help. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so when I heard they were bringing that back to TV, I was going to play. I did hear about that. Yeah, um, it's, it's odd. This is going to be interesting. It, it is. It's going to be interesting to see how people react to this. Like, you know, and I feel bad for the parents. Because <laughs> I would be trying so hard to keep a straight face. Oh, I, I wonder, just out of the sake of curiosity, yeah. if my nephews are going to watch this. I, I don't know. but I doubt it. Yeah. But you never know. Well, they might be a little. One of them might be a little old. For, I don't know. I mean, I mean, they like one of them is into Care Bears, but it's the oh, okay. most. But it's the most recent version of Care Bears. Yeah. Not, not, well, Nick Jr. also revived. Um, well, actually, no, it was Nickelodeon that revived the Chipmunks. It's um. Okay. Now go ahead, because I, I I'm gonna say something about that. Oh, okay. No, no, yeah. no. Um, I recently um. On uh, Nickelodeon, had the pleasure of seeing. Um, they were. It had been airing in other parts of the world, but for some reason, the U.S. couldn't come to agreement to get it here, and then now it's here. Mm -hmm. So it's called Alvin. Emphasis on the Alvin. Alvin. Yeah, it's actually written the title like that. Alvin and the Chipmunks. And it's okay. It's weird. It's closer to the style of the original 80s cartoon, except that they made them small like in the movies, which kind of ticks me off <laughs> a lot. <laughs> um, and the voices, I guess when you I get older... I think they're the same. Yeah, they're the same voices. It's just that when you get older, it, it doesn't sound as... It sounds more irritating, maybe? I don't know. I but it, it's an okay show. It's just weird because, you know, because it's down, it's set in the modern day, they, you know, Alvin's like on the internet all the time. There's one episode where um, Dave gets addicted to World of Warcraft and they had, I mean, so it's kind of an updated version and you do feel like they're throwing out a lot of pop culture references, but I guess the 80s one, it, it's no different than that. So it's kind of a, and um, the Chipettes are back. Yep. The episode I saw, um, Alvin and Brittany got met, took one of those online tests and found out that they were soulmates and they did everything to try to change their personality. Yeah. They could not be. It was really weird. <laughs> so it, it's a, it's okay. I mean, you know. Um, I I do have okay, Ross Bagdasarian Jr., who is mm -hmm. the son of. Ross Bagdasarian, who right. was the he was pretty much the Chipmunks. Mm -hmm. um, he's Dave, Alvin, and Simon. This is from Wikipedia, so obviously it must be true. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Janice Carmen is Theodore, Brittany, Jeanette, and Miss Smith. Vanessa Chambers is Eleanor, and Michael Bagdasarian oh. is. Kevin, who's the nerdy kid, that's what it's described as. Yeah, well... And the I principal's know, husband. Yeah, I know Jan Janice Carmen is um, Ross's wife. 
she um oh okay yeah they in in fact um they were they helped do the 80s version of the um she did the voices of the Chipettes in the 80s okay yeah so the it's the same voices um they're so it is coming from the people that the original came from then mm-hmm. so good for them all right <laughs> um now i have seen this too because mm-hmm. my nephews well, I, they like this actually. Yeah, that's good. Um, and you know what? It's not that bad. Yeah. To it, be honest, it's mm-hmm. not that bad. I I was sort of getting myself ready for the worst. Yeah. But yeah. but you pointed it out. It's still the same. You know, like the the way the show in the eighties was. Yeah. It's still the same way. So I I'm fine with it. I I would make a couple changes. Like I would make the chipmunks a little bit taller. Yeah, that's the only thing that irks me is because in the '80s they were just like the same size as other kids. Yeah, and wasn't. Yeah, that's kind of weird. And maybe maybe make them. Well, they look real human-like, but. Yeah, they're yeah they're drawn a little more close to looking like yeah yeah it's kind of an odd you know but the animation's good though I will say that yeah it is it did a good job with the yeah so it really is yeah now I do I do wonder real quick if they will get Mr T on in this version oh. like they did back in the eighties. Oh, yeah, Mr. T. Yeah. Don't you mess with my friends, Alvin, Simon, and Theodore. Yeah. And the other part that I found confusing, but then again, I haven't seen that many episodes. Is I don't know where the Chipettes live. Like, cause Mr. it's it, it's up in a tree. Oh, okay. Well, that's how they started off. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, cause. I was like, I don't see Miss Miller. <laughs> and and they are doing songs. I don't know, you know, what the songs are, but mm-hmm. because well, I don't really care about the. Well, I'm looking right now, and they have released and on iTunes. You can get "We Are the Chipmunks" music from the TV show. Oh no! Already? Yes. Thirteen uh, tracks. Send me the. Where are you looking at this? Uh, okay, um, Wikipedia has the link to the um, iTunes, and it says it was released on iTunes on September 25th by Rhino Entertainment. Ah, uh, yeah, okay, I got it. So, Let's yeah. Let's see. They're on the... Um, All right, We're the Chipmunks, Ooh Girl, Ring-a-Ding, All for You, Champions, Mr. Manners, Run the Runway, Can't Live With Them, Guest of Honor, You Gotta Be Cool, I See You, Running All Night, in the Week. Oh, these are original songs. Yeah, it seems like Oh, it. I was thinking, because... Yeah, they, they used to do covers. Yeah. But they don't, I uh, yeah. And also, um, they have a new movie coming out December I 18th. don't want to talk about that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it, it's pretty bad. Uh... Yeah. But so yeah, I mean, 
on if you guys have not watched this version of Alvin and the Chipmunks, give it's it a chance. Better than the movies. It, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. It's just. Yeah. Just just watch this. It, it's it's about as close as you're gonna get to yeah. the '80s version that we all grew up on. Mm-hmm. So just go with that. Yeah. And and I'm not saying it's like the greatest cartoon in the history. There are parts that are going to make you go, but, well, you think, know, it's not horrible. Well, I think every show is like that. Yeah, yeah. So it's, yeah, it's there. It is. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, like we said in the beginning, this is all about Halloween for the most part. I mean, we might get off here and there, talk about something else, but this is Halloween and, Pretty much, as an adult, for me, once Halloween comes to me in my mind, I know that the year is starting to come to an end. Yeah. I never thought that as a kid. Really? No, never did. I, I just, honestly, I just took Halloween as, number one, just another day, and number two, just another holiday. But... I guess when you're an adult mm -hmm. and you look, it's like, oh, crap, we're heading towards the end of this year. And we really are. I mean, we got two shows left in 2015. That's right. For this, mm -hmm. which we'll, we'll talk about later. That's not the time or the place here. Now, <laughs> it's later. Um, But also, it was just a night where... Or just a day where it was like, ooh, I gotta get to dress up, you know, be whatever and whoever. So, um, why don't I begin, why don't, why don't you begin, and I'm gonna ask you this question. Okay. Describe to me, as best as you can, the environment in your neighborhood, Halloween night. Okay. <laughs> Well, um, I can't really speak for it too much because in the recent years, I haven't really, you know. No, yeah. And, and last year I was out of town on Halloween, so. Um, Odd. But um, in general, um, we get like a few trick-or-treaters here or there. It, it seems to have um, died down a bit in the recent years now that, you know, there are so many other options out there. Mm -hmm. Like, um, nowadays they have uh, malls. You can go trick-or-treating at the mall and their parents who take their kids down to the mall. There's um, some of the churches, which I applaud because a lot of churches usually scoff at home. Exactly. They now have trunk-or-treat. where a, they, they, a, Sorry to interrupt. Especially when it's on a Sunday. Oh, yeah. But they have trunk or treats where they um you um they have the people they have the candy in the chunks of their cars and they all meet in the church parking lot and the kids just go through there. And then you also have the parents whose neighborhoods aren't the greatest to trick or treat in. They drive the kids to the suburbs in the nicer areas or where there's more houses. Mm -hmm. So um, but in general, you know, I try to. Make sure we have some candy. Um, we get a lot of kids before it gets dark because they're younger. So we'll get like, you know, uh, they'll be like uh, maybe 
about like 6 p.m., maybe right before 6 p.m., or just as it's getting dusk, the real young ones go out um, and get candy. So, so yeah, it, it's not like a super crowded area or anything like that. Just, you know, pretty right. Um, I know for me, I'm, and I'm trying to think back a little bit, um, it, you know, it really depended on when you, like, started. Right. Because usually we left when it got dark. Yeah, that how it was then now it's changed but yeah when we were kids it was when it got dark <laughs> and we would go i mean it was a walk for us like we would go to the houses that had the lights on mm -hmm. outside and, and that's a rule for you youngsters that are listening to this yeah if the light isn't on do not go to that house <laughs> gotta, gotta get on these kids today danielle i'm telling you <laughs> No, we, that's what it was in our neighborhood. It was, if the light wasn't on, we had these one neighbors, the people across the street from us, um, they were really religious and they had a sign on their door telling you not to go. <laughs> and we, this house does not observe Halloween and you just. <laughs> you go to hell. You hear me? There I know. We do not, you know, but yes, if the light isn't on. Do not go. Don't. Um. But, yeah, I mean, and, and Danielle's been in my neighborhood. She hasn't been there in a long time. Right. But, that's big. <laughs> yeah, it's big. It's a big... Yeah, it is. I mean, it's not a super rich neighborhood. It's, you know, middle class. But, I mean, it would be basically a walk. Like, if you were just going to take a walk in the neighborhood, that's basically what it was, except there were other people, um, some cars... And, you know, and you were carrying a bag and you were dressed up, so you had a little bit of heat. Uh, right. I know that, and, and it's the same with me, how there are some families who drive into our town because of where they are and, you know, what, you know, their location is isn't necessarily the best. Um... As an adult, you know, just observing it until the last two years, um, we do get the little ones at first. And I mean the little ones, like yeah. 18 months to two-year-old, three-year-olds. And then after maybe the first hour, that's when the older kids start to come. And then, you know, they come in groups and, mm -hmm. you know, that, and then that's when you realize you know oh okay here they come so i know for me it takes a while to get the crowd to come but once the crowd does come then your candy is going <laughs> but I, I i i enjoy halloween mm -hmm. because you know obviously the costumes will change every year yeah. You know, and you and you sort of want to see what the kids, you know, look like today with what their costumes are compared oh, yeah. compared to what we wore. And my mom 
she put out in our living room on our TV stand a picture, and this has to be 25 years old. Oh, my goodness. Me, my brother, and my sisters were all dressed up for Halloween. And and I asked JT, the oldest, all right, can you tell me who these four people are? And dang if he didn't get them all right. He got every one. How old is JT now? He just turned six. Smart boy. He is. He yeah. is. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just fun to look back and go like, man, you know, <laughs> that's one thing that I do like about Halloween is, yes, the costumes will change, but just the fun and the environment will never change. And the costumes are certainly a huge um, sign of the error. I mean, um, I know a friend of mine, her father said, well, they were placing bets on how many Elsas they would see last year. <laughs> and um, I know Bill, Bill um, on his Facebook had posted a um, group picture of his preschool class. Yes. Halloween. Yes. It's like count how many Ninja Turtles. <laughs> yes. There must have been five or six of us. And yeah. this is the honest truth. And to all of you at St. Or, the, you know, St. Mark's, my brothers and my sisters, um, who have seen this picture or who have never seen this picture, uh, yeah, there's like five or six of us that are dressed up as Ninja Turtles. Um, and it's funny. When you look back at it now, it's like, oh my God, we were like, Half the boy, almost half the boys were Ninja Turtles for Halloween. Yeah. Uh, that that actually is sort of in Facebook lore amongst us, a legendary photo. <laughs> I mean, even some of my St. Mark's friends, uh, my preschool friends, and you know, just St. Mark's friends, you know, we we talk about that sometimes. And it's just funny, you know. Yeah. <laughs> All these cute little faces. <laughs> yeah, and we all grew up. Uh, I know. Uh, well, um, I I remember um, my first Halloween that I have a very vague memory of is I was in kindergarten, and uh, this boy in my class, his birthday was on Halloween. Ooh. So what they did, this place don't... Um, we had um, all got dressed up to go um, in our Halloween costumes, warm to school. I was Minnie Mouse. And um, we walked from the school around the corner to McDonald's and had a birthday party. This is back when having a birthday party at McDonald's was equivalent to having a birthday party at Chuck E. Cheese. Pretty much. Right. This, is, um, this would have been the fall of 90, so... 1990. So, mm -hmm. yeah, this was. <laughs> it was a fairly normal thing. <laughs> so, we all went to McDonald's and we got ice cream. And, yeah, uh, that's it. That was kind of cool. <laughs> but, uh, and we went to the Zoo Boo a few times when I was growing up. Um, the zoo has trick or treat for Halloween, and we did that a lot. Yeah. Yeah, those I, I do remember hearing of that. Yeah, yeah. It, it was a lot of fun. Um, my Girl Scout troop did it a lot. And uh, I remember one year, we were little brats. Uh, <laughs> we, 
the Girl Scout, we went through a stage where we hated the Boy Scouts. Like, if we saw them, it was like, no, you don't belong here. This is Girl Scout turf. You know? <laughs> yeah. It, it, once we hit, like, middle school, suddenly we were dying to see the Boy Scouts. But when we were, like, 10, oh, we hated seeing them. So one year we went to the zoo boot our Girl Scout troop, and the Boy Scouts had a booth where they were selling popcorn, and we were just like, <laughs> oh, we are so horrible. <laughs> the Great War of 1994. Oh, we were, oh my god. Like, no! Oh, I would have loved to have been a witness to that. We were so mean. <laughs> and then when we got to be like, like middle school we suddenly we wanted to see the boy scouts um i think one time we went on the haunted hayride there's this thing and um i think it's in hunt valley you go on the haunted hay you're on a hayride and there's like a dude that jumps out with a chainsaw you... <laughs> hmm. and we screamed so loud and freaked out and boy scouts probably thought we were really immature we were trying to be all cute and grown up oh you bought popcorn from the boy scout you can forget about getting our cookies Oh yeah, no, we were we were horrible, but but yeah, but yeah, it um now I don't really do a whole lot for Halloween unless somebody I know has a party or whatever. Right. Um, don't really, you know. Yeah, I'm contemplating if I'm gonna go to one or not this year, but I was invited to one, but it got canceled. So already? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then um they uh. There, there's another one I was actually invited to tonight, but it was more or less people I know of through a friend, but my friends aren't going to be there, so mm. it would have been all kinds of weird of people I don't really know. Yeah. So, um. All right. Um. Well, let's talk about our favorite, like our favorite costumes as a kid or as an adult. Okay. Um. I was. One year, I was a witch. Actually, I've been a witch more than once, but this particular one was funny because um, I was about seven, and my mother's uh, job, my mother worked downtown at a, the, I think it's called Harbor Place Renaissance Hotel now, but it was called Stouffer's when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. And my mother worked at the hotel. And the employees' kids, they had this big... Halloween party in the ballroom for all the employees' kids Ooh. to go. So, I dressed as a witch. Now the now the box that the costume came in said Mystic Witch. So my that meant Good Witch to my mother, according to my mother. Okay. So, but I was seven, and every experience thing I had seen a witch in up until that point, it was bad. <laughs> So like like I had seen Disney movies and I'm like I'm a witch ha, 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 ha. and I'm like being all evil. She's like no you're a mystic witch you're a good witch and she still like, spent the whole evening saying no you're a good witch and I think like I threatened to turn one of my mom's coworkers into a pumpkin at midnight or something <laughs> like I was like seven years old oh I was I was like um <laughs> and I also remember my sister's um my sister was a princess and her wand broke right before we got in the car my mom had to make her like a default one out of aluminum foil and oh. she was and my sister was just like eh, eh, eh. she was like 
four. Oh wow. Yeah, but um, yeah. <laughs> um, and then another year, um, I um was. There was one year where I was um I had gone. Um, my step grandfather had passed away shortly before Halloween, so we had to fly up to Massachusetts for the funeral. Mm-hmm. In fact, we buried him on Halloween. As creepy as that, that is creepy. Holy yes. crap! <laughs> what is wrong with your family, Danielle? <laughs> it was really bad timing. We had we buried him that morning though. It wasn't like at night. That would have been really weird. But um, right. So we were in Massachusetts for Halloween, and um, my uncle my um cousin i have a cousin who's like two months younger than me so my uncle's like well kira's having a halloween party so i'll just bring take me my sister and my other cousin i'll just the kids can just come over to our house after the burial so um so my mom was like okay well now i have to run out and get them costumes so my mom ran off to the store and you know how it is going to the store a couple of days before Halloween. Oh yeah. Take what they have. So, but luckily she was able to track down a flapper costume for my sister and a Cleopatra costume for me. Well, all of my, I don't know what was so weird. I, I thought I looked like Cleopatra, but all my cousins, my cousin's friend's mom thought I was Cher. <laughs> it for the life of me. <laughs> the hair wasn't even that long. And they were like, yes, she's Cher. She's Cher. But their house was awesome because my cousin lives in the suburbs in, in this community where every house had candy. Mm-hmm. So that was like the best one. Like um, every house, except for one where they're like, oh, they're out at a Halloween party. So the neighbors had their candy plus their own. So, so um, I had like two grocery bags and a pail, and I went back to Baltimore with all this candy. I think it took us two months to finish it all. Oh wow! And um, it was so good. My aunt took my cousin back up there the following year just to go trick or treating <laughs> because it was that good. So some parents drive to different neighborhoods. My cousin takes you on the night owl on um, Amtrak to <laughs> Massachusetts. Oh boy. <laughs> Better. Yeah, but yeah, those, I think those are, and then another year I was, um, they had a um, movie day at my school because you know how some religious schools, they don't want to. Right. So they said, just dress up as your favorite movie character. So I was Patty Simcox from Greece. Um, I don't know if you remember Patty. Patty's the one, the um, cheerleader that says, isn't it the most? Oh, she like that. One where she's like, "Oh, we're gonna get to be such best yeah, friends. Such good friends." Oh yeah, 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 I remember that oh character. Oh my now. god! And yeah, the one at the dance where the um dress flips over her head. Yeah. Yeah. Patty Simcox. So I spent the entire day pissing off probably half the people. Isn't it the most? <laughs> and, and talking like this. <laughs> I think like one of the teachers had to tell me to be quiet because I was just. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Fun times. I have so many others, but I'll, you know, go on. All right. Um, well, obviously the Ninja Turtle one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I was a Ninja Turtle like two years in a row. Yeah. Uh, let me think. What else? Um, 
there was probably a two or three year period where I was Cal Ripken. Really? From the Baltimore Orioles. Oh yeah. Um. And then I think, as an adult, my two favorite ones. One was at college. And I was Angus Young from ACDC. That I remember. And, folks, let me tell you, I was dressed just like him. I had my hat. I had my coat. I had the shirt. I had the tie. I had the shorts on. I had my guitar. Um, I, I, I was basically Angus Young. Yeah. And when I got to the party, you know, like... Like, people noticed, you know, like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, awesome, you know. And they even called, remember, they called me out to play, you know, like, air guitar to an ACDC song. Yeah. So, like, and this is the truth. This is legit. <laughs> like, the people just stand back and I'm, they're playing Back in Black or High, I, I think it was Back in Black. And I'm just doing my Angus Young moves, you know. And, you know, it was like, yes, I, you know, because I'm sure they still do this at all colleges. Uh, they give out awards for the best dressed person. Right. So I'm thinking to myself, I've got this. I've got this. People know who I am. I've got everything. And I end up getting second. Who won? Oh, you don't remember? Well, I went to so many... Well, we, we'll talk about this after this, but um, I went to so many different years. Okay. Of this, so okay. That year. So, I ended up second. Uh-huh. Which I still call shenanigans on. Okay. Amanda's brother... For those of you who don't know, Amanda's a friend of ours. Yeah. Amanda's brother, who doesn't... Who is in high school at this time, one and the guy like the person who announced the winners was like a civil war guy and i'm like what she brought her brother yeah i because he was in high school right and i'm like i remember she had a boyfriend that was still in high school that she bought one year but um no and i'm thinking like what what he beat me did you i you know, I mean, like, I, I'm, I obviously, you know, I, I, I wasn't like totally upset, right? But I'm like, come on, you know, mine was so much better, <laughs> you know. I, it's really funny because I have um, the last Halloween dance I went to. Uh, that's the thing. Um, the college Bill and I went to. They had Halloween dance every they year. They did. They went every, I think I went maybe three. I went three years. Yeah. And the last one, some guy tried to do a backflip and he almost broke his neck. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was hilarious. But um, they would have, um, Howard Community College, they'd have the Halloween dance. Somebody told me they stopped doing these a few years ago, but they, uh, um. Oh, I wonder why. But it would be so weird because it was a community college and it would always fall on the same night as all like the other colleges, which were like the party schools, Halloween parties. 
And because we were like the community college where it like started at eight and ended at 11 and there were like security guards. Yeah, you know, there it, was. It was like the safer. Oh, yeah. There would be like people like I had this one friend who would just come to see me for an hour and then leave to go to like a to like a more um, alcohol friendly party. But um, it, but we you know, we had fun. We made the best of it. Um, it was kind of fun to get to. But um, our friend Amanda, I have a picture. The last dance I went to, and Amanda and her date, they dressed up in um, Japanese kimonos. And now they're married. That is so, so if you look at the, it's on my Facebook, uh, Amanda and now her husband. And they're, when they first, I think they had just started dating. And it, I don't remember that one. Yeah, it's on my Facebook. Um yeah, it, it's so weird. Um, I had just take I just happened to have taken pictures of whoever I could find that mm-hmm. year, and I. And it's amazing how time flies. <laughs> you would have. Um, right. Yeah. And. But, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, but my main memory of the whole thing is um, Gordon, a friend of ours. Uh, he. He one year decided to dress up as a T Rex. Yes. So he had like this full, like full body suit. I think you could see out of the head, but like you couldn't see him. And Gordon, being Gordon, decides he's going to still do the cha cha slide in a T Rex costume. So you're like, what hot this time? Right, right, left, and he's like hitting people with the tail and just going. Watch out real smooth and <laughs> turn it out and you're like backing away because he's just like going back and forth with his costume on, but he he looked ridiculous. Oh I do I, I do remember that costume. That yeah. was funny. I think he wore it twice. I think two years maybe. I don't know. Um <laughs> the other the other one that I really liked yeah. was last year. Uh-huh. You weren't there for this. No. And this is the dedication that I had towards this costume. Mm-hmm. I had I grew my hair. I mean, not completely out, but I grew my hair. I even grew a mustache. Really? I didn't. I didn't get one of those cheap, you know, like fake mustaches. Like I grew a legit mustache. And this picture has never been posted. I might try and post it sometime this week. Last year, I was Magnum P.I. for Halloween. How did I miss that? I mean, I had... Oh, my God. I had the, I had the Hawaiian shirt. I grew out a mustache. My hair was going out. I had the Detroit Tigers hat. I looked like Magnum freaking P.I. <laughs> I mean, I just was... Where did you um go for Halloween last year? Uh, a friend's house. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I that that shows you the dedication that you can have in a costume. You know, and I was like, I am so you know like, cause there were two reasons why I wanted to do it. The first reason was because I thought it would be real cool, and it, and it was. I enjoyed it. The other reason was because my preschool teacher 
loves, and that's with an S, still to this day, uh -huh. loves Tom Selleck. Uh -huh. So I thought, okay, this would be a nice tribute to her, Aww. in a way, by dressing up as Magnum P.I. So I will try and find the picture, and I will post it up. And remember, it's from last year. Right. So. Yeah, sadly, I'm not dressing up this year. So. I was, but I decided not to. Yeah. Um, If I do go to a party, I'm probably just going to grab a jacket and put on my sweet new Bullet Club t-shirt. Yeah, I um, my job has a Halloween party. I'm just it just happens to be on a day I'm not scheduled to work, so I figured I would buy a costume. <laughs> so um, I I let me check my work email now that you mention it. Yeah, because we do have a social committee. I don't know if we're gonna do. Yeah. And last year I missed out on Halloween because um. Well, I can't. I won't say miss out. It was a happy occasion. My cousin got married November first, so we had to. We're in Massachusetts, so again with the Massachusetts. It's the and it's the same cousin, the cousin whose house I went trick or treating at. Yeah, she got married last year. I hear. Um, okay, now I do have to ask. I, I I have to ask. What you have a wedding the day after Halloween. Right. Was there any partying of Halloween sorts that night? No, not really. No, no. Um, but when we got there, because we were there, you know, we we're all at the hotel for the weekend. Um, they did give us the little bags did have candy in them for Halloween. So that was kind of cool. But no, no, there wasn't. There was a lot, there was a lot going on. So, um, but the week before that, I went with some of my friends to um, feel the scream. So I did do a Halloween-related thing that year. I just didn't do it on Halloween. But, no, all right. Yeah. So, but hey, that's fine. Um, but when I have kids, oh, we're doing it. We're doing Halloween like there's nobody's business. Yeah. <laughs> no question. We'll be like that annoying house on the. Block with all the decorations. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, before we get to our main project that we did, mm -hmm. and I wanted to bring this up. Right. Um, are you having candy already? No. Oh. That's the um, that's the little um thing that's on the end of my um laptop for the oh, moment. Okay. <laughs> um, so it's been pretty much a month right. now since the Muppets. Uh, Eric. Yes. Uh, you and I have. I figured we've watched the four the first four episodes. Right. Mm -hmm. First off, I want to get your initial thoughts on the show. I like it. I really do. I, yeah, it's a little weird at first. If you're used to, um, you know them being child-friendly, but I, it didn't bother me because what people forget is that those Muppets um, were... Jim Henson was trying to get them to appeal to adults. Right. If you watch the Muppet show, like, 
So when I heard like one million moms I was like boycotting it. Oh. Or premiered. That that. I was like Jim Henson's probably laughing in his grave right now because. Um, but no, it's actually a very interesting show. Um, in that, um, Herman and Miss Piggy are broken up. As we've, as we've talked about on this show numerous times. Right. But when you watch the flashback to the actual breakup, it's actually kind of sad. Like, I... That was surprising. I was really shocked. Like, you, I thought, oh, it'd be some joke. Oh, they argued, ha, ha, ha. But no, you watch it. And it's actually kind of sad. With that being said, I hate his new girlfriend. <laughs> I honestly, I think they did the breakup well. Mm-hmm. As far as how they present it. I really thought they did that well. As far as the new girlfriend thing goes. And for those who are curious, she's only been on once. And that was the first episode. She has not been on since. So, you could put that worry away. Um, obviously, well, obviously, you know, you and I knew this was not going to be the same show that aired 40 years ago. No. We knew that. And there were some people in TV Guide, like, because a TV Guide, they'll ask, you know, like, oh, what did you think of such and such? And they had a thing of, what did you think about the Muppets? And somebody was like, I'm shocked. It's not like what it used to be. And I read that and I'm thinking to myself, well, of course it's not. That's not what it was meant to be. Um, and I, I, Jim, my, uh, sunset, my boss at sunsetflipshow.com, mm-hmm. I thought he put this as the best description to the show. It is a mix of The Office mm-hmm. and 30 Rock. And, and Ed Helms even guest starred. Exactly. And, and that, that was probably the funny, one of the funniest scenes in the whole thing. And and Kermit is Liz Lemon. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, that's a very good... And, and it's true. I mean, I've never... Like, I've never seen an entire episode of 30 Rock, but... But, yeah, the premise is very similar. To yeah. That. So it's like... Yeah, okay. That's a very good description. I hope they get a full season. I really do. I think they will. There Their ratings are, like, really good. Yeah. I mean, the only honest, well, the only real threat, if you, in my opinion, as far as that time slot, is NCIS. Oh, yeah. And nothing against Grandfathered, which I've watched, and I thought it was good. I haven't seen that yet because it's always on opposite the, the Muppets, Muppets, and I keep forgetting to DVR it. And the one time you could have watched it was this week. But anyway, <laughs> but no, I mean, I I like it. I'm I mean, I'm not going crazy over going like, oh, it's the greatest show of all time. It's a good show. I saw the show on after it, the Grinder, and I wasn't impressed. The Grinder. And I wasn't impressed, and I was kind of bummed because I thought it was going to be hilarious because I love Rob Lowe, and I was like, oh. oh, my parents were the same way. Like, they watched that first episode, and they are like, Bill, get this off the DVR. Yeah, yeah, and I was so sad because I love Rob Lowe and Parks and Recreation. He was hilarious, 
And Fred Savage, I mean, now that his brother's doing so well on Girl Meets World, I thought, oh, great, he's going to be back on TV, too. And uh. Ladies and gentlemen, TV's Fred Savage. Yeah. And we're still waiting for a real celebrity. But if you, okay, but I honestly think give the Muppets a chance. I have a guy at work who was like, well, you know, the first episode, I felt like they weren't Muppety enough. And I was like, <laughs> Muppety enough? I don't know. So and he said, but the next episode got better. And I said, yeah, just give it a chance. Um, personally, my favorite episode out of all of them so far is the one where they sang karaoke. That's, um, they, there's one episode where they go out to sing karaoke yeah, and they run into Ed Helm and it's really funny. And my favorite so far has to be the one where Fozzie quits the show and, oh, yeah. be, and he works on his, um, on his, on his, like, I think it was like a skin and he was trying to make it into a movie or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's that has been my favorite so far. Um Oh yeah, cuz and and that's a good example of how they update it because there's a there's a really good gag in there that they couldn't have done 40 years ago cuz iPhones didn't exist 40 years ago. Mhm. Mm <laughs> so, and in the it's like in the same show um like Christina Applegate shows a clip of Peggy falling into a cake and it is real funny. Well, the karaoke one cracked me up because they established now that Sam the Eagle has a crush on Janice. Oh, my like... God. <laughs> and uh, just the idea of Sam the Eagle having a crush on anybody just cracked me up. It is. It is. <laughs> you know. Um, uh, guests that are going to be coming up in the up uh, later in the season, of course, uh, this coming week, mm -hmm. Reese Witherspoon will be on. She's going to be herself. Um, Ricky Lindholm, for those who never heard of her, she's in that great group Garfunkel and Oates. Okay. It's a great comedy group that everyone, I recommend everyone go check mm -hmm. out. They're real good. She plays Fozzie's girlfriend. Oh, it, yeah. Oh. The, the, she's dating a bear. They, they go to the... That was her. Yeah. Oh, they yeah. go to the bathroom in the fourth. Hey! That is a stereotype. That was funny. No, I lost it at um, um, where he's like, you know, saying that um, a bear is looking for somebody on the internet is it the you took some weird responses. Yeah. And I was like, oh my god. Um, and then also coming up in the season, Michelle Pfeiffer, Jennifer Lawrence. Sophia Vergara, Carrie Washington, and Topher Grace. I wonder if they're going to allude to the fact that Michelle Pfeiffer has met the Muppets before. Well, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. For those who don't know, she was on Muppets Tonight 20 years ago. So, okay. Um, oh, real, real quick. Not only are the million moms against this show, uh, the Parent Television Council. Well, and that should tell you right there. You should watch it if they're against it. Uh, this is what they said. Uh, they started a boycott of the show saying that 4 million children ages 2 to 11 
were exposed to content for adults for 3 minutes and 38 seconds during the first four episodes. Okay. So keep showing it to your youngsters. Keep showing it. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> uh. I mean, come on. The, the point Jim Henson always made was that those Muppets had a little more adult humor. That's why they were on primetime, and that's why Big Bird and them were on during the day. Mm-hmm. That's the distinction he always tried to make, but... It's just like the Flintstones. The Flintstones were originally meant for adults, but somewhere along the way, because they're like, it's a cartoon, so it's for children, you know. Yeah. So, <sighs> there you go. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. All right. So, you ready to get into this? Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. So, as we said last month, uh, we were going to review... A, a Halloween special, because mm -hmm. um, of course Halloween specials are sort of a endangered species nowadays. Mm -hmm. um, you get the Charlie Brown Halloween special every year. Mm -hmm. You get the Toy Story one, but that's not really old. Right. So, um, and then you have the Thirteen Nights of Halloween, and that's really it. Treehouse of Horror. Oh, yeah, the Treehouse of Horror. Oh, I'm so upset with them this year. I, I know. <laughs> and, well, it's actually for a different reason. I'm just going to say it for the record right now. First off, they do have it right, the, the, the timing. Thankfully, it's not airing in November. Right, because of World Series. Right, which starts this Tuesday. Right. The reason I'm upset is... For the first time in almost 15 years, I have to miss the original airing of Treehouse of Horror because, because I have to cover the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view tomorrow night. So, so I'm like, no, damn it, you know. Well, they did two Halloween specials in a row, which is rare. I guess they were so excited that they actually got it close to Halloween this year. They were yeah. like, let's do two. That, that one that they aired last week, it was okay. Yeah. It wasn't that great. Well, I have mixed feelings about them right now, but we'll get into that later. Oh, everybody does. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> so anyway. Um, Disney, back in the day, they did a Halloween special, too. Uh, and... And there are actually, there are two of them. One that Danielle mentioned, I think you may have mentioned this off air, right? Um, which we will do next year. I'm going to tell you that right now. We're going to okay. do it next year. Fine by me. Um, but the one that we did review, or that we are going to talk about, is from 1983. That was from 1983. That that's what it says in the YouTube description. Wow. It um, and it did air every year for quite a good period of time um, on Magical World of Disney. And the special is a Disney Halloween. And I have the description, actually, from, from the YouTube thing. This is what they say. A Disney Halloween was a Halloween TV special that included portions from 
Disney's Halloween ha Disney's Halloween treat from 1982. So you created a whole new one the year after you did another. Anyway. <laughs> and Disney's Greatest Villains, which aired in 1977. Wow. The special first aired on October 1st, 1983. Mm -hmm. So I, I didn't know that it was 83. I figured it was at you know at some point, but um, so do you want to mention the Michael Eisner part, or do you want to skip over that? Well, I thought part of that was kind of cute. Okay, we can talk about it. I just well, I mean, first of all, it kind of gave me a warm and fuzzy feeling just watching the um the little um what's it called the little um opening because yeah. I remember how all this it, it reminded me of the Disney specials I used to watch as a kid so it was kind of cute hearing the little seeing the little magical world Disney yeah title and hearing da, 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 da. yeah and, so, then, and it goes right into the keyboard and yeah oh, it was really that, that was it was really cool to hear that and then when they were and then when Mickey and Minnie were there it kind of made me all warm yeah so um, Michael Eisner is joined by Mickey and Minnie. I'm actually watching the video on mute. Um, Mickey's dressed as a cowboy. Yeah. And Minnie's dressed as a senorita. Would that be the right? Right. And I think, if I'm correct, I'm going to go Google this right now just to make sure. But, um... Those were the voices of Mickey and Minnie that I grew up with. Mm -hmm. Leave. Let me check. I, I think you're right. Yeah. Um, was it? Because I think this part was late 80s. Right. Or early so 90s. He did. Um, oh. He took it. Up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if the guy who did the voice of Mickey Mouse in the cartoons did Mickey Mouse, like, live action or whatever. But if he did, then, yeah, that's... His name was Wayne Alvine. Yeah. And he did... In fact, he's played Mickey Mouse for the longest stretch, 32 years. And in 1986, he married the woman who did the voice of Minnie Mouse. And I just thought that was really wow. cute. Wow. Yeah. I guess. Why? So, most so, of my childhood, it was... Them. It's not ruined. No. <laughs> yeah, it was them. So I don't know if that was them. I don't know if they did the live action um, voices, but they did the cartoon. Right. So that was still kind of cute. All right. So <laughs> um, what they do is, you know, they're dressed up because it's Halloween. Mm -hmm. And Michael asks where Goofy is. And Mickey's like, oh, oh, oh you're going to really like it. He's been working on this for a long time. <laughs> yeah. So the door opens, and here's Michael Eisner. But it's Goofy. Goofy is dressed up as Michael Eisner. <laughs> wow. Uh, it's not that bad. I mean, yeah. it could have been worse. Mm -hmm. He could have brought Disney back from the dead. But... Um. So anyway... Um, we get the intro. It's pretty much all the 
spooky stuff that you'd see at Disney World or Disneyland and the cartoons mm -hmm. here and there. And it's got a very cool opening intro. I'm going to play a little bit of it. So they really have a cool intro for this, as you have heard. Oh, I just remember why I thought it was later, because Roger Rabbit's in the opening. Ah. So I thought it was like late 80s because it was Roger Rabbit. Yeah. But, okay. <laughs> um, so, you know, they gave us the intro. It's a good intro. I remember yeah. the intro being good. Mm -hmm. And then we get into the opening. Like, the, the beginning. Mm -hmm. And the narrator, because there is a narrator for this. Oh, his voice is good. It's like, welcome to Halloween. Every year, ghosts come out. And, you know, and they mention all this. Yeah. So the first thing that they show is the devil from Fantasia. So they, they, they play the clip from Fantasia of the Devil, and it's like, and it's done really well. I, I mean, obviously this is a clip show, but I really don't care. Yeah. So, you know, we get that good opening. So that goes on for a little bit, and then after that they get into witches. Man, that's something we mentioned earlier. Right. And in particular, they talk about Mad Madam Mary from Sword in the Stone. I, I think that, yeah, I said that name right, right? Mm -hmm. Mad Madam, yeah, Mad Madam Mary. Yeah. yeah. So, then they go into... The clip from Sword in the Stone where it's her and uh, Merlin having a wizard's duel. And they get transformed into animals and, like, they come up with the rules and all that. And it's like, ah, no help, it's just you and me. So, and, and it was real good to see because of the different animals that they use in this. Mm -hmm. Um... Like I said, I'm actually watching this on mute right now. Yeah, I think I might have to go do that again. I just had a quick... Because, to be honest, this, as far as remembering stuff, was yeah, a little happened. bit harder yeah. than last month. But it's well, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, they have their fight. And I'm not going to spoil it for those who've never seen sword in the stone but um let's just say one of them falls falls over a cliff do they live uh, that's another answer to be or another question to answer another day and then we get to um fall 
and when the day becomes night. And I think this is from a silly symphony. I think this is what it's from. Okay. Um, and they're in the old windmill. And there are all these animals there. And there's a bunch of birds. There are rats in there. Um, I think there are some bats too. There's an owl. There are doves. There's a mama bird sitting on the eggs. Okay. Um, and then it becomes night and there's this terrible storm and this is done beautifully this is really done beautifully it's rain it's thunder it's lightning it's this big wind and it's shaking this you know you know old windmill mm -hmm. and everyone and everything that's in there is you know like their lives are being threatened and like I said, it's done so beautifully well. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it it almost gave me it almost gave me a bit of the EBGBs. Yeah. Okay. Now I've gotten to that part. I just turned it on. Okay. Yeah. But the but I guess, and at first I was a little bothered by it, but I guess I'm okay with it now. Is they don't show how it ends. But it's mm -hmm. but it is a Halloween theme and you know you just go with it. Right. So after that they show a small clip of Mickey with a gun find trying to find <laughs> someone or something and his shoes attack him. That's basically the clip. Then we get to a part that I actually do remember as a kid. I do remember this. Um, Uncle Donald, being the great uncle that he is, is with Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Mm -hmm. They're at Uncle Donald's house. It's Halloween night. And they're listening to the radio, and there's breaking news that this big gorilla, a very dangerous gorilla is has escaped so the gorilla is running wild in the city mm -hmm. and at first donald scares the boys but the boys get him back well then all of a sudden here's the gorilla here's this here's the gorilla and he starts chasing donald all around the house and mm -hmm. And the and the radio guy, you know, he comes in and he, you know, does different break-ins and all that throughout the cartoon. And then mm -hmm. we get to the end where Donald is caught um, by his own table. Mm -hmm. um, and the gorilla's going to get, like, the gorilla's going to eat him. It's going to be the end of Donald. And Donald's saying his last rites. Um... You know, and it's like, oh, it's over. And then the the uh, newsman on the radio says the the way to disturb the gorilla is by throwing tear gas at him. It'll make him cry. And then all of a sudden, one of the boys gets tear gas. Who keeps tear gas near kids? <laughs> I mean, honestly, I don't care. 
But anyway, they throw it at the gorilla. The gorilla starts crying. And then Donald is celebrating. And then they throw tear gas at Donald. And he starts crying. And they're holding each other crying. And that's the end of that cartoon. It is funny. I do like that one. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I... See, that's why Donald never had kids. For reasons like that. Keeping... Keeping the tear gas where kids could reach it. I know it's a cartoon, but still. So, after that, we go to a clip from Winnie the Pooh. Yep, Winnie the Pooh is involved in this. But it's more understandable because it's all about Heffalumps and Woozles. So, that's pretty easy to go through. That is the least scariest part of the entire show. Right there. The least scariest part. Yep. And then we get into a whole conversation about cats. Um, this is a very weird but yet interestingly done part of the show. Because at first it shows... Pluto, and I'm actually watching this now again. Right. Um, going after two neighborhood cats mm-hmm. who are drinking the milk. Right. And then the next cartoon, they show Pluto with Figaro, the 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 smaller cat. Yeah, I think if I'm not mistaken, Figaro. Was Figaro the cat in Pinocchio? He was. That's what I thought. Okay. I wonder how that trait came off. Yeah. That's kind of scary to think about, actually. I know. So, in this uh, uh, cartoon, Pluto's trying to go to sleep. It's pretty easy. I mean, we all have those days where we just want to go to sleep. And there's someone or something that keeps bothering us that keeps us awake. So in this case, it's Figaro. Figaro is keeping Pluto up. And then we get a little bit, uh, oh, I don't know, would you call it sensitive here? Because inner dream Pluto wearing looks like a Japanese hat or a Chinese hat. Mm-hmm. comes with sand and dumps it on Pluto. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's Asian Pluto? I don't know. I mean, they don't... Yeah. They don't play I... Asian music. He's just dressed like it. Yeah. So after Pluto finally gets to sleep they cut into another cartoon so it's a cartoon within a cartoon right so Pluto uh, asleep Pluto Mm -hmm. chases this cat and he goes into a cave and he's in court he's on trial and, and and again, I remember this part, too, when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And 
they have the trial and Pluto's found guilty in a heartbeat. Right. I mean, there's no contest about it. And they're singing and, you know, Pluto is chained and, um, and he's about to get it. Well, he then is still asleep. Figaro is pounding on the cat on Pluto, so the the cartoon that was in a cartoon has ended, so the cartoon within a cartoon that's now in a cartoon has come back, and Asian Figaro comes out, and he puts Figaro to sleep, mm-hmm. and Figaro and Pluto both go to sleep. What this has to do with cats... I don't really know. The Disney mind screw. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but then they get into, like, real serious about cats. Yeah. And this is done really well. Because they mention the Salem witch trials. Mm-hmm. I mean, they don't say Salem witch trials, but that's pretty much what you get. You know, what you think. And it's like how cats... You know, we're going to rule the world. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> and <clears throat> and then they got controlled and taken over by people. And I mean, it's done, this is done really well. Whoever wrote this part did it really well, I thought. And then there's even one point where this old lady is staring at her cat. And it looks like the cat's going to do something to this old lady. Did you did you have that same feeling? Yeah. But I think because the whole theme was that cats are creepy, so... Yeah. That's sort of the vibe you're supposed to get from it. And then as the cat is about ready to do something, there's a noise outside that gets the cat's attention and the cat jumps right out the window. But... I Ooh, thought, yeah. But I thought this was a really good part. And then after that, they play a clip of the Siamese cats from Lady and the Tramp. Yeah, a lot of the bulk after this seems to be just clips of movies. Yeah. It seems. Yeah. And it's so weird because it's like, from what I remember, watching Lady and the Tramp, this is the only part those Siamese cats are in. Is this part. Unless I'm wrong. I haven't seen Lady and the Tramp in at least 25 years. And if you ask me to name Lady and the Tramp, I could only name three parts of the whole movie. This is probably one of them. See? Yeah. That's one of the parts. Alright, so after yep. that... Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, this part, the ending and the spaghetti... So so after that, we're then introduced to our guest of honor. (laughs) Yes, a guest of honor. And it is the mirror on the wall. Now, whoever the actor is that's doing the mirror part, he does really good. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And obviously he takes up for the bad guys, for the villains. And he makes a good point in this. And it's sort of true in the world in general. What if there were no villains? There were no bad guys. The world right. would be a boring place. Mm -hmm. And it's a good point. So, let's talk about those villains that they mentioned, huh? From our guest of honor. Sadly, it was done at a time before Disney villains really got, you know... Right. Like, if they had done it about... Done this, like, maybe 20 years later, you would have had Jafar and Ursula, and it would have really, you know... But. Yeah. So the first one is Captain Hook. Mm-hmm. Um... Of course, if you watch Jake and the Neverland Pirates, he's probably lost all credibility as a legitimate villain. <laughs> I don't know. That's just me. So after Captain Hook is the butler from the Aristocats. Okay, that's... Well, yeah, he is a villain, but... He's not one that I'd think of right off the top of my head. Yeah, because I forgot all about him. But it is true, though. You, but it is true, though. You never really think the butler would do something. But in this case, the butler does do something. Right. So after that, uh, who, who's next on this? Oh, the, the the giant from the bean from Mickey and the Beanstalk. Duh. Oh yeah, that part back. Duh, I gotta have pastelios. Uh, it's Miss Matthews. Uh, pudding. Oh, that brought back a lot of memories because I hadn't seen that in years. So when I heard that little part where the harp is singing, I was like, oh man. Fee fi fo fum. I sound like an what? idiot. So, yeah, we're really hitting it out of the party with these villains. Yeah. So. Well. Oh. Mm hmm. No, no, no. You were going to the next one. That's what I was going to comment on. So, oh, God. Oh, yeah. The next one. <laughs> the next one is Sheer Khan. Or, no. No, not Sheer Khan. Uh, pa. Pa from the snake. Pa, pa the snake. The snake. Yes. From the Juggle Book. Really? The snake? You give a whole part to the snake? I mean, don't get me wrong. I like Sterling Holloway as the snake in the movie, but really? You're not going to give the uh, a part to Shere Khan, who is the villain in the movie? Who they spend pretty much the entire film terrified of and doesn't even appear on screen until, like, maybe, what, 40 minutes into it? <laughs> yeah, but that's a good way of hyping up the character, though. I think. Yeah. Well, that's just my feel. Oh, there's your phone. Okay. No, I'm watching this. <laughs> okay. All right, so... To be... Oh, mm-hmm. To be fair, Khan never really scared me as a kid because it didn't dawn on me that he was actually trying to... Because his voice sounded so soothing. <laughs> well, the person that did the character is George Sanders, who oh. is a is a British actor, and he was in the movie All About Eve. 
-hmm. which he won an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor that year. Ah. Then we get into a couple of the heavyweights of villains, of Disney villains. First off, the Queen from Snow White. And at this part, I get upset with the writing. And this is the reason why. Actually, you know what? I'm right at it. So I'm going to go play this clip. Right, right now. Once again, what this story needs is a villain. Okay, so this is the setup. So she's telling the huntsman to kill Snow White. And there, my faithful huntsman, you will kill her. And all what fireworks when I have to tell her that her plot had failed. great lengths, even if it kills her, which it does. Don't tell me she dies. Jeez. So, oh my God. yep. They spoiled, they spoiled the part where the queen dies. And they don't even show the clip. They just flat out spoil it. And it's like, ah, she'll go great lengths, even if it kills her, which it does. But, it has nothing, but you're not going to see that happen, so me saying that really isn't relevant. I know. Still. Still. And then they... No, no go ahead. But that's what I'm saying. Like, if it'd be one thing if it was leading into a clip of her dying or something, you know? Yeah. But it isn't. Which is true. But still. What if you... Okay. What if you'd never seen Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, okay? And you're seeing this for the first time. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, they just spoiled how it ends. And then... Yep. And then they go to the scene where um, the queen is the old lady, and <laughs> she talks to Snow White. And Snow White... Being the idiot that she is, they're talking about pies. Ow, what kind of pies are you making? Oh, I'm making blueberry pies. Apple. Apple pie is what you should make. Here, why don't you take a bite? Okay. If there is a woman... Oh, oh yeah, and the animals are out back. They're not helping Snow White. Stranger danger. Yep. And it's Snow White. And they, and they don't even show Snow White taking a bite. They just... It's like... Ugh, I don't feel good. Collapse. Oh, man. So the editing in this is questionable at times. You Okay, it's not like eating an apple is, you know, graphic. I... I now... To Disney's credit, when he made this movie 70, almost 80 years ago, they did a good part by not showing her collapse. It's just, 
you know, the hand and she drops the apple. So, so the dad, they did a good job. But you're mm -hmm. not going to show her eat the apple. Come on. And then we get to, in my opinion, the greatest Disney villain of them all, Maleficent. The undis to me, the undisputed champion of Disney villains. Um, and she taunts Prince Philip like a badass. And <laughs> she talks to him about how, you know, oh, there's that woman that you met in the woods. The woman that won your heart. You'll be in here for a hundred years. And so on and so on. And then, you know, the, the three fairies help the prince escape. And then they show the the clip where she transforms into a drag into a dragon with the powers of hell. I'm sorry. If you're getting your powers from hell, you're a great villain. Can you name any other Disney villain who has said that they're getting their powers from hell? Nope. Can't name we'll one. one nowadays, I can tell you that. <laughs> if you did it today, they'd be offended. Oh, yeah. Well, there'd be an article, several articles, and the um, parents' council and... The million moms. In your film. Yeah, if you did that. And then they actually do show Maleficent dying. And then that was always something as a kid, going off topic for a minute. Yeah. Like, when I was a kid, when I was going to watch a Disney cartoon movie, I was like, huh, I wonder if the villain's going to die. Because, I mean, think about it. A, right. lot, a lot of Disney villains die in the movie in the end. I can only name one other one where that happened. All right. But that it wasn't made then, but when this was made. Well, so. no, 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 tell us. Little Mermaid. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that one. Yeah. I, I, I had two in my mind. Mm -hmm. Um, Scar. Oh, yeah, Scar. He, yeah, yeah, he gets eaten to death. Right. And then the one that bugs people out still to this day, the hunter in Tarzan. Oh. Where he, where he accidentally hangs himself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it's but, I mean, Ursula gets, like, stabbed by the stern of the boat, and you just, you, like, the way that they shoot it, it's like, and you can kind of feel sort of their pain in a way, I guess you could say, like, ow! Walt Disney, we've been teaching kids to stab since 19-something-something. Oh, <laughs> yeah, like, you can kind of... But, but no, but not that it's a bad thing, because in all honesty... It is a fairy tale, I know. But still. Yes. Plus, Eric was so determined. He's like, oh, hell no. You know. Let's go. <laughs> oh, man. All right, so after Maleficent dies, uh, we get short clips. One of the Wicked Stepmother from Cinderella. Mm-hmm. And the other from the villain from The Rescuers, whose name slips my mind at the moment. 
Oh, yeah. I'm sure there's somebody screaming at us right now. I know. Send your messages to... Oh, Cruella DeVille! I forgot! They also saw us. Yeah, they did, yeah. I forgot about her. Okay, hold on. We're going to get the name right now. Okay. Oh, the Queen of Hearts. See? I forgot those two. Because I saw the rescuers once when I was a kid. And... Madame Medusa. That's it. Madame Medusa. All right. I saw the rescuers down under first and had no idea the rescuers was supposed to be first. Exactly. And then, <laughs> and then Madame Medusa shoots at the guest of honor, and he leaves. And then the narrator's like, oh. It's a bit unfortunate that our guest of honor had to leave so soon. Well, wouldn't you when you're getting shot at? <laughs> Could you imagine the celebrity roast and someone is shooting at the guest of honor? I'd, I'd be leaving too. Considering how dark they've gotten out the past few years. Alright, yeah. so now we get to... The last two cartoons. Mm-hmm. And, they, and they're shown in their entirety. Right. The first one is Mickey, Donald, and Goofy. I, I guess you could say they're Ghostbusters? Yes. Um, Some 40 years before Ghostbusters? Right. Yeah, it kind of um, predates Ghostbusters by a lot. Yeah. And... Um, in fact, every other, I've never actually just, every other cart version I've seen of this cartoon, um, in later years, it's been, um, set to Ghostbusters. Yeah. So. And what's fun, what's good about this cartoon mm -hmm. is that it's the ghosts that call them. It's, yeah. Like, it's like, it's not, you know, random character B it's the ghost. They're setting up this trap. Right. For for Mickey and Donald and Goofy, you know, to go to their house and to scare them away. Mm-hmm. So that's a good that's a good plot right there. Right. So each one has their encounters with um with the ghosts. And again, I, I question the wisdom of Mickey because he shoots at the ghost. Right. Why would you shoot at a ghost? They're, They're ghosts. You you can't kill ghosts. I, I don't know. I, I I mean that would be I especially for young children who do not question the logistics of such things. I <laughs> I'm thirty years old now and I'm finally asking why is Mickey shooting at a ghost? I don't, and I don't even know why that didn't dawn on me that that's probably why in Ghostbusters they invent all this stuff. Right. People would question. So then Donald gets beat up, Goofy gets made fun of in a mirror, and then <laughs> all three fall down into the basement of this house. However, when they do, they land into a pile of of powder and molasses. Mm-hmm. And the ghosts think that they are ghosts. 
and the ghosts leave the house scared for their life. And, well, Mickey, Donald, and Goofy, they got them out of the house. Yep. Somehow, some way. And then we get to our last cartoon. This is the finale. Mm-hmm. And it and it's with Donald and Huey, Louie, and Dewey again. Mm-hmm. And it's Halloween night. So this time they are allowed the trick-or-treat. Right. But there's a witch. I remember. Witch Hazel. Mm-hmm. Who is voiced by the legendary June Foray. Oh, yeah. Um... Now, I didn't know this till years, maybe like a year ago I read about this, mm-hmm. where this, the, the, the witch, was supposed to be a regular character. But June Foray left Disney to go work for Warner Brothers to do mm-hmm. their cartoons, and she does the voice of their witch. Really? Mm-hmm. I did not know that she did a witch. Yeah. That's interesting. So, the boys go to Uncle Donald's house, and they get tricked. Mm -hmm. They get firecrackers in their bags and get water dumped on. And the witch, this is a funny part, because the boys are like, you're a real witch! And she's like, oh, well... Since you didn't question if I was real or not, I will help you with your problem. I'm like, wait, you're going to help them because they didn't question if you were a real witch or not? Mm-hmm. Okay. So the witch goes to Donald's house, and she gets the same treatment as the boys did. So after that, um, they create a spell... A mixing powder, I guess, would be the correct term, word. Mm-hmm. And she starts spraying things to come to life. Like a ghost, and posts, and other things. And this is basically to scare Donald into mm-hmm. giving the candy. But he's not doing it. And then we get this part, which I don't remember... And this is where I think I got confused. They're playing banjo music because mm-hmm. Donald's feet are cursed. Yeah. And it's just bouncing around and I don't know what's going on here. Because ba- basically they're trying to get the key, but I, I, I don't get it. Right. But eventually, Donald gives in, and the kids get the food, and the witch leaves, and everybody lives happily ever after. Yeah. And that's that's the end. And and then and then they play the intro, mm-hmm. um, to end it, and 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 they put a nice like. You know, thanks to the hard work for the last fifty years, of, you know. Yeah. Which which was which was a nice little message at the end. Mhm. And that is a Disney Halloween. I um just googled June Foray. She's still alive. She's ninety-eight years old. Unbelievable. That's just also known as 
Rocky the Squirrel from Rocky and Bullwinkle yep. and Lucifer from Cinderella and Granny from Tweety Bird. Yep. Cartoons. So there you go. <laughs> 98 years old. 98 years old, yep. <laughs> All right, so um, overall thoughts on a Disney Halloween. It was kind of weird because um, what we're going to watch next year, actually, um, I had seen the cartoons in that before, mm -hmm. but in a different, with the um, music playing over them. So it was kind of weird to just see the cartoons yeah. as they were, because I grew up listening to the music over them. Um, but yeah, it was cute. It was kind of weird, though, because I'm so used to... Because it kind of went from um, Michael Eisner and the Disney characters to, um, and they didn't go back to that at the end. Like, I thought, I don't know, it'd be like a nice little bookend mm -hmm. if they had have done that. Yeah. Um, and I'm reading some of the comments, and um, it was, they cleared it up for me. Because I was thrown because Roger's rabbits at the beginning of the tape, uh, the opening. Mm-hmm. And somebody said they might have worked. It was aired in 1983, but they re-aired it in like 1989 or something. Right. So that's why Roger Rabbit's at the end. And it aired every year for a long time. Oh, okay. I don't know why I never. I don't. So, I don't know when it stopped, but. Yeah, but other than that, I think it's a you know it's a pretty good mix. You know, the, certainly if they had done these things, kept making new ones years in, they would have had a great wealth of material, but um, for what they had at that time, I'd say it's pretty pretty well put together. Yeah. I, You know, for it being a clip show, yeah. which basically is what it is, mm -hmm. um, it was enjoyable be because it really was a lot of the old cartoons and a lot of it was more of, okay, we're going to go into the files. We're going to go deep into the files of the Disney vault. Right. I mean, you know, you have Fantasia, which is over 70 years old. You had Snow White. You had, you know, so many of the older cartoons. Looked at now as older cartoons, but back when this aired, it probably was maybe not even 50 years old. Right. Um... I really liked the narrator. Mm -hmm. I just liked the voice. Mm -hmm. I thought it was... I thought the narrator was a very intricate part, a very good part of the whole special. And yeah, there were some parts that were like, huh? But I think when you look at it, in the end, it got two messages across. The first message is, Halloween is fun, which is what it should be. Right. But at the same time, there's evil. Mm -hmm. Evil has been with us since the beginning, and evil will always be there. Mm -hmm. So, I, I and, and I thought they did real good mixing the two. Right. And then, like you said, the whole villain segment... It was a little weird because of, you know, who's not in it. Yeah. Considering when this was, you know, first done. And then, like you said, 
you know, years later, you know, some of the really better ones, mm -hmm. you know, start coming out. But right. Um, but overall, I I enjoyed it. I you know, I probably don't enjoy it as much as I did as a kid. Oh yeah. But yeah. I still enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Um. So this video will be up in our Facebook group of Nostalgia Crew. Yep. So for those of you who are listening to this and have never seen this before, you are in for a treat. Mm -hmm. And while I was watching this, I found a couple of interesting Halloween specials that we might have to do over the next several years. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, not next year, because we, we've pretty much got next year set. Right. Um, let me tell you what I found. Casper's Halloween special. Okay. Uh, the Halloween that almost wasn't in Witch's Night Out, so that looks like it's a Disney thing. Mm -hmm. Bobby's World, The Night of the Living Pumpkin. Oh, Here's a winner right here. Bonicula the Vampire Rabbit. I remember Bonicula. I've never heard of this. Oh my goodness. I've never heard of this. I did. I don't remember the TV special, but it was a book. I remember the book. Oh. Man. Oh my god. Um, Wishbone, The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. Mm -hmm. Come on, Wishbone. Oh, yeah. And last, but certainly not least, and to all you listeners of that wrestling show, I think you're going to get this one. The Paul Lynn Halloween Special. Oh, my God. And I'm sure those that don't listen to that wrestling show are wondering, why am I bringing this up? Well, I, I guess I got to tell the story. Mm-hmm. Um, back when I started that podcast over mm -hmm. four years ago, right? It, it was Halloween time and I, I did the joke of, Hey, we got a guest. Here's Paul Lynn, you know, mm -hmm. and if you've ever watched this or part of this, right. the beginning is Paul Lynn putting up Christmas decorations and singing, we wish you a Merry Christmas. That's the beginning. Yeah. Um, the actress who plays the witch from The Wizard of Oz mm -hmm. is in this. And it's the first time in almost 40 years at that time that she is in costume as the Wicked Witch of the West. Yeah. But what most people remember this special for is Kiss. Kiss. Kiss Paul Lynn? Yep. Kiss was on the Paul Lynn Halloween special. And and there is a part and we do I do this every year. It's mm -hmm. just for fun. And maybe I've ruined the joke forever now, but I really don't care. Mm hmm Um So Kiss Um they perform three times. The second time they perform is Beth, which is one of my favorite Kiss songs of all time. Mm -hmm. The setup is so terrible. It's like, 
Pauline, you know, she's got uh, uh, the Wicked Witch, and she's got the other lady, who I forget. And he's like, and now it's the moment you've all been waiting for. Kiss! And, yeah, and, and they're going to some cheap 70s comedy, and he's like, you're a golden oldie. And, mm -hmm. and it's so bad. I mean, it's terrible. <laughs> but then they, you know, they play, you know, um, Eric, Eric Carr. Um, no, Peter Chris. I'm sorry, Peter Chris. Um, yeah. The original drummer of Kiss on the piano sings the song, and that's basically the joke for every for every of our Hall every Halloween show I've ever done of that wrestling show. Right. But it's just the fact that Paul Lynn had a Halloween special. And this was a one-time thing. And then Kiss is on there, which makes it that funnier. Uh-huh. Oh, my gosh. So don't be surprised, folks, if when you listen to that wrestling show this week, that you hear a clip of that. Don't uh -huh. be su don't be surprised. Yeah. Ah, memories. La 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 la. Ah, you know, I had so much planned. I'm gonna save what I wanted to do for next month. Mm-hmm. So, um, why don't we get into our first our movie of the month and then our album of the month. And Danielle, you get to start. Okay. Well, um, since it's Halloween, um, I thought that um, I this is a um, it's kind of an odd choice because it's a sequel, but you don't need to see the first one to get it. In fact, I don't think I've ever even seen the first. I might have seen the first one once, maybe. Mm -hmm. But um, it's um, one of my favorite movies. It comes on every year, it's, and that's Adam's Family Values. If you haven't got a chance, watch Adam's Family Values. It is like, I, I never really watched the, the original sitcom, The Adam's Family. I watched the cartoon series, mm -hmm. which was based on the, not, the 90s movie. Right. I, I remember the cartoon. Yeah. Adam's Family Values. Um, it's a sequel. They they made one in '91 called The Adams Family, and The Adams Family Values they made about a year or two later, and it's a sequel. But um, basically, Adams Family Values, um, the Adams, uh, Gomez and Morticia, they have a son. Um, they have a baby mm -hmm. named Hubert. Um, Hubert. Hubert. Wow. Is the baby, okay. and um, so they hire a nanny take care of the baby the nanny falls in love with uncle fester but she's like a gold digger and she mm. thinks uncle fester's rich he i think actually he is rich but so she's a gold digger uncle fester's kind of clueless you know everybody's so they she sent so um wednesday and pugsley are obviously smart enough to figure this out so what she does to get them out of the house is convince gorma's Gomez and Morticia to send them to sleepaway camp for the summer. And hilarity ensues because because this version of the Adams family, like um, I think the sitcom sort of played it as Wednesday and Pugsley were just little kids. Right. 
who had who just happened to have creepy parents, but they giggled and laughed kind of like regular little kids in a way. But this one, Wednesday's like a full out goth and is like played by Christina Ricci. Who and ends like, up becoming smoking hot. Right. And it's like really monotone. And so um so they send them to the camp and the camp everybody is so perky and upbeat and happy and they think that there's something seriously wrong with Wednesday and Pugsley and send them to like the happy hut mm-hmm. and um, force them to like watch Annie and the sound of music oh, and all God. these movies and to make them happy and it, it's just the most um I, I, I'm a huge fan of movies uh, movie um, 90s movies remakes of uh, where they take the um, the plot, the premise of the show, and set it into um, contemporary life, and that's essentially what this is. It's them um, setting them in contemporary life, and it's I can't, I won't give away the ending, but it's a very um, and it's really sad because Raul Julia, who played Gomez, he passed away not too long after they made it, and they probably would have made more if he had of um, he had a so been around what did he die of i don't remember oh uh, let me go check they made another straight to video sequel and had another tv series on well then fox family now abc family soon to be freeform um uh, at the time but it wasn't the same it um and he had oh wow this is a long explanation uh he had stomach cancer oh yeah he had stomach cancer oh no he had stomach cancer but then he um suffered a stroke and he fell into a coma and he died four days later oh and um so Adam's Family Values was made in 93, and he died in um, October of 94. Oh, whoa. 21 years ago today, he died. Wow. You mean today as of this October recording? October 24th, uh, 1994, he died. Boy. Jesus, this is weird. I did not know that. But, yeah, he, um, and he, but, yeah, he, and he, um, this has nothing to do with the movie, but um, I read this and I thought this was really sweet. Um, he did Street Fighter. He was in a Street Fighter movie, his last movie. Yeah. Movie, and he made it for his kids. His kids were like um, 11 and uh, 7 at the time. And he did it for them. Aww. And he was really not in the best shape of the world, but right. he made it just so the kids could see it and they thought the dad was cool. And But... Anyway, Adam's Family Values. Also, there's a really hilarious scene in it that I put up every Thanksgiving because um, there's a scene in the movie where they have to do a play about Thanksgiving. So I put that up every... Now, can I ask you a quick question? Yeah. Um, And I'm curious to this as well. Uh-huh. Why should people skip the first Adam's Family movie? you should it's not bad also there's there's a also there's kind of a continuity issue but you know okay 
Okay. Times are scary. But I've seen Adam's Family Values more times growing up than I had the first one. And so there's something that happens in the first one that contradicts in the second one that kind of contradicts the ending to the first one, although you can come up with your own interpretation. Right. So, um, but yes, it's a, um, it's a great okay. uh, movie. All right. Um, my movie for this month, um, you know, I could have gone a lot of ways because it is Halloween. And I wasn't really thinking Halloween theme. Mm-hmm. But I think I'm going to stick with my original choice. Um, and this is another one that gets played every year about this time. Actually, it gets played a lot throughout the whole year. Mm-hmm. But specifically this time of the year. And it is Night of the Living Dead. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the, the classic black and white movie. Um, it's just one of the great horror movies of all time um it was shot at a very inexpensive amount Mm -hmm. um there's really no big names in this movie um it's filmed on location in pennsylvania excuse me and it's sort of the precursor to the whole zombie fad that's going on right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have The Walking Dead. Um, you have the zombie run that, you know, goes around the country. Um, like I mentioned earlier, there's a movie coming out called Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, which actually looks good. Mm-hmm. So this is really, if you want to pinpoint the exact beginning of the whole zombie fad, you know, fad, it's this movie. And it's 50 years old, but this is where the whole fad of zombies begins, is this movie. Mm -hmm. And it's really good. Um, I'm not going to spoil it, you know, but it's worth it. It's worth watching. Alright, so now we go from our movie to our album of the month. I will start with this, and since it is a Halloween-themed show, I think it's about time I bring up some Iron Maiden. And the album that I'm going to pick for this month is probably the one album that would fit the Halloween theme more than any other, The Number of the Beast. Uh, It's Iron Maiden's third record. It Came out in 1982. First album with Bruce Dickinson on vocals. Um, It starts with a great opening with Invaders. And then you have Children of the Damned, which is a good song. And then you have The Prisoner, which is an all-time classic Iron Maiden song. Mm -hmm. And then you have uh, 22 Acacia Avenue. And then you get into the title track, The Number of the Beast. Which, for those who have never heard it, and if you want to hear the song for the record, they are not, you know, worshipping the devil or Satan or anything like that. So, for, ignore the people that tell you about that. And then, um, they, on that same album is probably their biggest hit, Run to the Hills. Mm-hmm. And then the final song on the album is another all-time classic, Hallowed be the 
hallowed be thy name, which would be like if you came out with your own compilation of songs that could relate to Halloween, this is a perfect one, especially the beginning where it's like do 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 you know it's just a really good album um i mean even if you're not you know a hard rock fan it's still a good album to listen to the lyrics are done really well and it's bruce dickinson's debut album with the band and they just don't look back after that album oh wow Well, um, my, um, mine is a bit cliche, uh, <laughs> but, um, I couldn't really think of any really Halloween themed, um, kind of albums. Uh, I, so I'm going to be, this isn't a Halloween themed album. It's a Halloween song most certainly is. And that, which I'm sure everybody's probably listened to at some point, Michael Jackson's Thriller. Oh, the, okay. Yeah. So the song Thriller, yes, it's like a Halloween anthem. And I'm sure at some point you've tried to do the dance. And, and it's been played in the Party City commercials. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. Every year, Party City. But the album is actually a very good album. It is. It's kind of almost like a great hits compilation because he had so many hits off that album that, you know... Um, the version I own is actually an anniversary version, which has like bonus tracks and stuff on it. Um, you can get there's um, a, they've got an even bigger anniversary album now because it's been um, when I bought it in high school, it was the um, 20th. It was like yeah, it was like the thir- it was like the 30th almost anniversary of it, but now it's been longer than that that it's been around that another anniversary has passed, I think like 35th or whatever. So Mm -hmm. there's more bonus footage on it. But when I was in high school, they had, um, they had like commentary tracks by Quincy Jones, original like studio demos of some of his songs, plus uh, some Michael Jackson songs. Plus um, they had a song called somewhere in the dark, which was from E.T. Oh, I don't know if it wound up being an E.T. or it was recorded for E.T. And then there's a song called Carousel, which I had never heard, which was like a lost track or whatever. So it's an interesting album, but it has, like I said, it has Thriller, it has Beat It, it has Bad, it has Want to Be Starting Something, uh, the duet with um, Paul, McCartney. Paul McCartney, The Girl's Mind. Yep. Uh, it has... PYT, which I think is one of the most underrated Michael Jackson songs of all time. Um, it was because it was released as a single, but it never got a video. And mm-hmm. it's buried. And also to go, um, I also used to joke that um, it has the chipmunks singing back up. It really doesn't, but they did the little, you know, thing with the, um, they played the tape at high speed. So right. it sounds like the chipmunks are singing at the end of the thing. So I used to say, well, they're chipmunks are cool they're on the thriller album <laughs> and um so uh and then it has human nature and i i can't even really think of any songs on that album that weren't really a hit you know because 
Um, and it was like one of the best selling albums of all time. So get Thriller, not just for the Halloween, the festive vibe of the title track, but you know, it's still a pretty good album and um, highly recommend it. You know, cheap plug real quick. Yeah. Um, Jim told me about this, and I looked at the album, and I really want to get this album. Mm-hmm. Um, they have now. That's what I call Halloween. Oh. I don't know if you've seen the track list. Uh huh. Holy crap! That looks like an album that everyone must get. That yeah. good. Definitely look into that because every year when I'm putting songs on my iPod uh, around the holidays that usually they have songs for, I always try to find particular ones. And Halloween, all I can ever think of really is Monster Mash and Ghostbusters and Thriller. I, th- I, I think Monster Mash is on that album. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, um. why don't we talk about what we're going to do the next two months? Because that's the because we're coming like we said earlier we're coming up on the end of 2015. So the next time you hear Nostalgia Crew, well, obviously we're going to talk about Thanksgiving. Uh huh. Um, and and I think what's going to be cool about this one is you're going to get to hear our different stories and what foods we have and what traditions we do and. Mm-hmm. It, it's going to be very different. Um, no reviewing of a special this time around, so we don't have to worry about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, to wrap it up, in December, our Christmas show. Mm-hmm. Oh, are we going to have fun? We're going to be talking oh, about... Yeah. We're going to be talking about basically our favorite Christmas memories. Um, you know... And we're actually going to do something that I've waited all this time to do. And I think what we're going to have to do, Danielle, and you and I, we're going to have to talk about this um, another day. Right. We're going to have to have a third person join Hmm. us. Because I have an idea. Okay. And, and, and And I'll tell you the idea... Like I said, sometime in the future. Mm-hmm. But I think it's fun. I think it's going to be something that everyone's going to want to check out. It'll be a good conversation piece for everybody. I, and I'm pretty sure people will be flooding your inbox saying, I want to be the third person. Oh, I'm sure. Yes. I'm I sure they will. Probably. <laughs> I, I, I would say if my brother knew how to do his computer, he would probably be the third person. Because he loves Christmas, but yeah. but he's not. So <laughs> so don't worry, it's not going to be my Aww. brother. So plus he'll probably be deer hunting by this time anyway. Oh, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, I'm just joking. I'm, I'm just messing <laughs> with him. Um. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this month of Nostalgia Crew. Um. To everyone, have a good, safe Halloween. Um. Don't get too crazy. On Halloween, because um, weird stuff can happen. Yeah. And we'll see you guys next month for another episode of Nostalgia Crew. Happy Halloween, everyone. Happy Halloween. <laughs>